Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 3, Episode 22. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog, and occasionally cold-blooded co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on general requirements for reptile containment. Our topics for this week are reptile enclosure construction, substrates, humidity, preferred optimal temperature zones, light, water, and cleaning. Reptile health is highly dependent upon their containment. They are high-maintenance animals because of the complexities of maintaining an environment appropriate for their species. Enclosures must match the species' native region's humidity Temperature, exposure to light, color of surroundings, walking surface, climbing options, hiding places, access to water, and sometimes social interactions. Cramp containment, improper heating, difficult shedding, and territorial issues with others in the enclosure are just some of the ways in which containment can affect the attitude of reptiles and their handling safety. Vivariums are enclosures designed to mimic a natural environment. A terrarium is an enclosure for terrestrial land animals. Terrariums can be desert-like and some may be forest-like, including trees for arboreal reptiles to climb. An aquarium is for water environment. Some reptiles are semi-aquatic and require a combination environment in their enclosure. Enclosures for reptiles should always mimic their natural environment. Terrestrial species need horizontal, elongated enclosures. Arboreal species require tall enclosures. Burrowing species need extra deep substrate. All reptiles should have a place to hide in their enclosure to reduce stress. In general, the space required per reptile is at least one and a half feet per one foot of reptile. More active reptiles need additional space. Larger reptiles will usually bully smaller reptiles, and opportunistic feeders can cannibalize others. So group housing should be restricted to reptiles of approximately the same size. All reptiles require secure containment since they're all escape artists, especially snakes. Lids made of wire mesh or plexiglass with holes should be used to prevent escape but permit ventilation. Wood cages should not be used because of the inability to be properly sanitized. All reptiles need appropriate space and hiding areas. Cage furniture that blends with the reptile's coloring should be provided to reduce stress. Mirrors should not be present in the enclosure due to males being stressed over an apparent invasion of their territory by a rival male and may injure themselves fighting their reflection. Males should also not be in view of other males in nearby enclosures. Therefore, 
Transparent wall enclosures are undesirable. Reptiles also require an area to bask in warmth and a hiding location to relieve stress. Adaptation to new environments for about a week should be permitted prior to handling. Cages may be warmed with basking lamps or heating pads placed beneath the cage. Heat rocks often cause thermal injuries and should not be used. Because of the use of water and high humidity in many vivariums, all electric circuits should be wired with ground fault interrupters, GFI, to disconnect the electricity in situations that could cause electrical shock to the animals or their handlers. Hide boxes, which may be fashioned from stacked rocks and a piece of slate or branches, are useful to relieve stress and reduce the risk of becoming aggressive or overly defensive. Arboreal lizards and snakes need enclosures with vertical space and structures to climb and rest on. Branches from hardwood trees may be used, but prior treatment by baking, boiling, or soaking with diluted bleach solution is necessary to prevent introducing pathogens from wild reptiles or birds to the enclosure. Oils in cedar or pine shavings and walnut shells are potentially toxic to reptiles and should not be used as substrate. Safer substrates are artificial turf, orchid bark, alfalfa pellets, newspaper, peat moss, or sand. Corn cobs and mulch are hard to keep clean, and they mold easily and may cause impactions if eaten. Neither soil nor sawdust should be used because of their ability to retain too much moisture, which can sustain disease-producing organisms and introduce parasites to the enclosure. Rocks or gravel should be large enough to prevent them from being eaten. Reptiles, especially snakes, should be fed in a feeding enclosure separate from their primary enclosure. Only newspaper should be used on the floor of the feeding enclosure to prevent accidental substrate impaction. Abby says I can feed her anywhere and she will not eat substrate, unless it's milk bone crumbs. Optimum humidity for the species is needed for normal shedding, breathing, ability to eat properly, and elimination of waste products. Low humidity requirements for the species involved can contribute to abnormal shedding of skin scales. Failure for lizards to normally shed their skin on their legs, toes, or tail can lead to the partially shed attached skin to dry and create a constrictor that cuts off the blood supply to the affected extremity. Conversely, abnormally high humidity can promote skin infections. Humidity needs vary widely depending on the species of reptile and the habitat in which the species evolved. Humidity should be maintained at 50 to 70 percent relative humidity for species from the temperate climates, 30 to 50 percent for desert species, and 70 to 90 percent for tropical species. Low airflow is needed in the enclosure to maintain humidity. Higher humidity environment can be more easily maintained in enclosures that have glass or acrylic sides. It can be enhanced by misting, drippers, foggers, waterfalls, pools, 
or shallow bowls of water and damp towels draped over the wire top of the enclosure. Plants can be attractive additions to enclosures but are difficult to clean and are eaten by the inhabitants. Hide boxes with peat moss that is regularly misted is another means of enhancing humidity. Rocks with rough but not sharp edges to rub against may aid in the shedding process. Reptiles are ectotherms, which means that optimum external heat for the species is needed for normal activity, digestion, and immune functions. This is referred to as the POTZ, Preferred Optimal Temperature Zone. If reptiles get too hot, heat stress can develop. If they get too cold, indigestion or respiratory disease can result. The warm environment they require can facilitate the growth of many disease agents. Good ventilation is necessary to control odors and disease microbes. Frequent cleaning is also important. The temperature needed throughout the day by reptiles fluctuates with their POTZ. The POTZ for species from temperate climates is 78 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Some aquatic turtles prefer slightly lower temperatures. Tropical species should be maintained at 82 to 92 degrees Fahrenheit, and desert species should stay at 84 to 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat should also be provided in a basking area of the enclosure to allow self-adjustment by the reptile moving closer or away from the basking area. The differential between the basking area and the resting area should be about 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat lamps should be 50 to 75 watts and positioned so that there's no chance of the reptile directly contacting it. Basking surfaces for most species should be 90 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Basking lights should be at least 18 inches from the substrate. Ultraviolet lights provide heat to objects in the enclosure without raising the air temperature. Supplemental heat can be provided with under-tank heaters that cover no more than one-third of the enclosure's floor. Overhead heat sources should be used for diurnal species and under-tank heaters for nocturnal species. Extra care is warranted for under-tank heaters which can be hazardous for burrowing reptiles. Mount and type of lighting are important for indoor enclosures for reptiles. Lights should be timed on for 14 hours during summer months and 10 hours during winter months for tropical and subtropical species. Temperate regent species need 16 hours of light in summer and 8 hours of light in winter. Full spectrum light is needed as visible rays, UVA long wave light to control photo periods and UVB light for vitamin D formation in diurnal lizards and chylonians. UVB light can improve reptile activity and aid in maintaining healthy skin. Mercury halide or fluorescent lights can provide heat and UVB light. UVB light does not penetrate glass, therefore lighting must be placed on the same side of the glass enclosure as the reptile in a way to prevent contact with the reptile that could cause burns. UVA and UVB light on timers are safer and more reliable than relying on natural sunlight for enclosures. 
Sunlight through windows is insufficient in UVB and may lead to unacceptably high enclosure temperature. Abby says she prefers natural sunlight as long as she can wear her favorite sunglasses. Heavy objects in an enclosure such as water bowls should be wide based with a smooth bottom to prevent them from tipping over onto a reptile. Ceramic bowls are heavy and can be used for drinking and bathing water. Aquatic or semi-aquatic species should have two-thirds of the enclosure water with the remaining for basking. Lizards and tortoises often defecate in water bowls. Water should be changed daily. Small lizards, such as chameleons, drink water that accumulates from condensation on leaves. Misting the environment or providing a drip system is needed to encourage water consumption in these species. Reptile cages should be cleaned daily to remove uneaten food, waste, shed skin, and food in water dishes. Once per week, the cage, substrate, and enclosure objects should be disinfected. Rocks should be boiled for 30 minutes. Sand and branches need to be heated to 200 to 250 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 minutes. Rubber gloves and eye protection should be worn while cleaning the cage and its contents with mild soap and water. After cleaning, disinfection should be performed with one cup of household bleach per gallon of water. After disinfection, the enclosure and its contents should be allowed to ventilate for 5 to 10 minutes in a well-ventilated area and then rinse thoroughly with water. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Reptile health is highly dependent upon providing proper heat, humidity, and light for the species involved. Hiding spaces must be provided for reptiles to reduce the stress of containment. Containment should be cleaned daily and disinfected weekly. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. Is also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope we will come back next week when I'll talk about Containments for turtles, snakes, and lizards. Hey, Abby, should we get a snake as a pet? I guess you're right. Maybe our politicians are sufficient substitute.